Hey there, future friends. This week, it is episode 300. We have made it, but nothing special this week. Just another episode, but that is why you keep tuning in. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the show once again. I want to thank you all for tuning in, for listening to the show. If you're a regular listener or if you're a first-time listener, I appreciate it. I do do this because I love it. I I know I'm never going to get famous. I, I have started a TikTok, by the way. I go by William the Nerd on TikTok. I will update my link tree to link to that. But anyway, I would love some support there. But as for this show, yes, 300 episodes since we started back in 2016, I think. And since I just had my yearly anniversary back in April, it feels a little soon to do another special episode, like calling my friends and saying, well, calling, texting my friends and saying, hey, can you send me another audio clip of saying congratulations and basically just, you know, telling me how great I am? So I thought I wouldn't do that this time. We're going to do a regular episode. And... If you're new to the show, you may be wondering what the heck it is I do here. Well, on this show, I do something, and I do something well. What I do is I tell you about all of the movies coming out during the week. And what I do is I break them up into two categories. First is the limited releases. In that section, it's any movie that's not getting a wide release or a big streaming release that also did nothing to catch my eye doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. It just means that the trailer, the cast, the premise, none of those things stood out to me. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. Maybe I'll give a thought or two, but usually it's a really quick section. The next section is the wide releases and interesting indies, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's every wide release, no matter how good or bad it looks, as well as all of the indie movies that did catch my eye. Oh, and all streaming as well. In that section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, and I definitely give some thoughts on it, and then I give you a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, also known as the Bill Score. That can go anywhere from a 0 for those terrible-looking movies to an 11 for those movies that take it up an extra notch and make me oh so excited to be a movie fan. I also wrap it up with a pick of the week, which I say, hey friends, if you see one movie this week in the theaters, or maybe at home, this has the best chance of being good. Well, my future friends, without further ado, let us jump into the first segment, which is the limited releases, and we'll start with a movie called Surprised by Oxford. This is coming to video on demand. Brilliant but emotionally guarded Caro Drake arrives in Oxford with the singular goal of attaining her PhD, but a turbulent friendship with a charming young man starts to open herself up to mystery, vulnerability, and love. This stars no one of note 
for the main characters, but it has Phyllis Logan from Downton Abbey and Mark Williams from the Harry Potter series in it. To be honest, this movie looked so cringy and bad, I actually thought it was one of those cringy Christian movies for a bit, but I don't think it is. Either way, it looks bad. Next up, we have Glisten and the Merry Mission. This follows Marzipan, a young elfling, and her mother, Cinemeg, as Marzipan must believe in the magic of the season and goes on an adventure to rediscover the enchanted snow deer named Glisten to save Christmas. This is VOD as well. God, that sounds terrible. This features the voices of Freddie Prinze Jr., Billy Ray Cyrus, Dionne Warwick, Leon Lewis, and, unfortunately, Michael Rappaport and Chevy Chase. F*** them both. Next up is a movie called Carl Jackson's LAX to Paris. In this sequel, John and Kelly return from Paris, France, and are in a happy place in their marriage. But an emergency landing reveals secrets. From filmmaker Carl Jackson comes his 14th film. Yay! Congratulations, Carl! This stars no one of note. Next up is a movie called The Sweet East, a picturesque journey through the cities and woods of the eastern seaboard of the U.S. undertaken by Lillian, a high school senior from South Carolina. She gets her first glimpse of the wider world on a class trip to Washington, D.C. And to be fair, I got none of that sh** from the trailer. The trailer makes it seem like a completely different movie, but still boring. This stars Talia Ryder from Do Revenge, Simon Rex from Red Rocket, Ayo Edebiri from The Bear, Jeremy O'Harris from Emily in Paris, ah, that rhymes, Jacob Elordi from Euphoria, and Rish Shaw from Miss Marvel. This trailer was really weird because she is from this small town and then she meets this guy who's like a, uh, he's an election denier, you know, one of those people that think the last election was stolen. You know, a moron. It just looks really bad. Next up, we have a movie called Loop Track. A four-day journey turns into a fight for survival. This is a psychological thriller about Ian, who wants to get as far away from humanity as possible into the New Zealand bush which is never a bad idea. It's always a bad idea. I added that part. Some other individuals get attached to him, and he has a feeling that they are being followed. Is it real, though? This stars no one of note. This one and the next film almost made it in the next section, but it just didn't do enough to fill me with confidence that would be any good. But it has premise as a nice kind of thriller where we're out in the middle of nowhere, and we're questioning what's real. So this movie could be interesting, but the trailer just didn't fill me with confidence. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called Raging Grace. An undocumented Filipina immigrant lands a job as a care worker for a terminal old man, securing a better life for her and her daughter. But a dark discovery threatens to destroy everything she strived for and holds dear. So this was another one, like I said earlier, that could have made it into the other section. It is really interesting because it's just about this, this woman who is just trying to make a life. So it does focus on the differences between the classes and what a huge, unsurmountable gap there is between the lowest on the totem pole and the highest. But she's taking care of this man, and then she notices these weird things going on, especially with the person uh, or the woman who hired her. Seems like a good psychological thriller. Maybe. 
So let's talk about how the gringo stole Christmas and how I can get the two minutes and whatever seconds the trailer was of my life back. Benny's daughter is on her way home for the holidays. However, she surprises him by arriving with her brand new boyfriend, an uninvited gringo. This stars George Lopez from George Lopez. Yeah, he had his own show, if you didn't know. Had. Emily Tosta from Mayans MC. And Jack Kilmer from The Nice Guys. Yes, Val Kilmer's kid, who narrated the documentary about Val Kilmer, which was really good. This just looks so bad, and it makes me sad for George Lopez. Because this looks like some straight-to-DVD BS. We have three movies left, my friends. Let's talk about Betrayal. 1945. When a German-Dutch officer in the German army is transferred to the Netherlands, he decides to help a family covering up people in hiding. This stars no one of note, and I I forgot about this one. This is another one that could have been in the other section. It does look interesting, but the the trailer just couldn't find its flow. And it looks like they took two separate movies and combined them into one. And the strength of this movie lied in the side where it was this German officer who was having a crisis of faith in the Third Reich, where he was like, I I can't keep doing this. This is awful what we're doing. So yes, this has promise, but I think if you miss it, you won't miss out. Next up, future friends, is a movie called Silent Night. A grieving father enacts his long-awaited revenge against a ruthless gang on Christmas Eve. This stars Joel Kinnaman from Suicide Squad, Catalina Sandino Moreno from The Affair, and Kid Cootie from X. If you haven't seen X by now, it's a fantastic film. But you know what? Quick note, I realized because of podcasting, and you can't, you can't see me, I don't, I don't stream this, I've picked up some weird habits when I record, and I've noticed them ever since I started a TikTok, that when I breathe, or if I'm doing a sharp inhalation, I I turn my mouth to the side and I breathe out of that. Like if you've ever if you've ever seen Seth MacFarlane doing the Peter Griffin voice, that's kind of what I look like. And I've noticed a lot of these weird ticks, and it's pissing me off. Okay. Anyway, back to Silent Night. Um, you know I love Christmas movies. If you've been around the block with me before, you know I love Christmas. Really quick note, future friends. If you notice a weird sound in the background that just started. It's because it's pretty cold at my house. No, I, I bet you live in a colder place. Don't come at me. But for my ass, that grew up on the California Central Coast, it's cold. So anyway, yes, you know I like Christmas movies. You know I'm willing to forgive a lot. Hell, I love Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies because they just get me festive. I even like some of the other ones, some of the uh, horror Christmas movies or more serious Christmas movies, as long as they get me in the spirit. But this one just feels a little uh, over the top. Why? I ask myself, why does this take place over Christmas? But also, it just doesn't look very good. So there's that. And the final movie in the limited section is a movie called The Shift, which I'm not sure is not a wide release. I don't think it is. Like, it doesn't look like it should be based on the quality of it or at least the quality of the trailer. But as you know, I get my information on what movies are coming out from three different websites, including IMDb. And on one of them, I think it was Movie Insider, it had this in bold, which means that it's a big release, not just a few theaters here and there. But I just don't see that being the case. The shift. After meeting a mysterious stranger, a man must escape a dystopian world to return to his wife. This stars Neil McDonald from 
Captain America, the first Avenger, Sean Astin from The Goonies, Jason Marsden, who voiced Max in a Goofy movie, and speaking of voicing, voice actor Nolan North. This one was an easy skip for me, because it comes to us from Angel Studios, who did The Sound of Freedom, which is a garbage film. And any studio that would even release that, I have no problem skipping every movie they do from here on out. Well, my future friends, that is it for the first half of the show. Let us take our break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. And we are doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. All right, we are back, my friends. With the wide releases and interesting indies, and we have to start with the only limited release to make it into this section, and that is a movie called How I Learned to Fly. After their parents suddenly left them, two teenage brothers found themselves all alone. Daniel, the older brother, is deeply troubled by the violence they endured at the hands of their father and is committed to keeping their family safe. This stars Marcus Scribner from Blackish, Lonnie Chavis from This Is Us, Michelle Celine Ang from 13 Reasons Why, Method Man from How High, and Cedric the Entertainer from Barbershop. So this is going to be a sad movie. It's going to be sad. It's going to be unfortunately realistic. We have these two teenage brothers. Their parents leave them. I'm not sure if it's at the same time or not, but what I do know is that the older brother is working a job and trying to keep a roof over their head, and eventually he can't do it. There's part of the movie where they move into their car, or the, the his car, the older brother's car, and he's doing everything he can to keep his brother afloat. This looks well acted. It looks powerful, if I'm going to borrow a buzzword. It does look like it's going to be good, but also extremely skippable because it's so, it's so real. And it's so plausible and it's so sad. But still, this looks like a well acted, well shot movie. And I think How I Learned to Fly should get a 7 out of 11. Next up, my friends, is a movie called May-December, and if you remember, I talked about this in the last episode, I believe, and I refuse to talk about it because it's coming out to Netflix this week. It got a limited release two weeks ago. So May-December! 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. This stars Natalie Portman from V for Vendetta. Julianne Moore from Magnolia, and Charles Melton from The Sun is also a star. I, I, I hate everything about this movie, except the cast. And the cast is phenomenal. However, the reason it's called May-December 
think think really hard. I forgot if I said made this same comment last uh, last episode, so forgive me if I did. But think really hard of where you know it. May December is a type of romance. It means one partner is noticeably older than the other, but not just an age gap. There's more to it than the age gap. It's that they met when he was in seventh grade or something like that. I forgot exactly how young he was, but he was too young. So they're living together after 20-something years, which would put him somewhere in his 30s, I think. And you shouldn't be in your early 30s after 20 years of marriage because that is bad. So even though this has a great cast with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore and it looks really well acted, uh, this movie just fills me with the ick. And what's worse is that this guy, Charles Melton, who I'm not super familiar with, does such a good job of acting so confused because we have Natalie Portman playing the young actress that is going to, or younger actress, that is going to play Julianne Moore's character. And and I get the feeling that Natalie Portman's character is a method actress where she's kind of like looking at Charles Melton's character going, hey, what's up? And there's a scene in the trailer where Charles Melton is so obviously bothered talking to Julianne Moore and he's crying and he's unsure and he does an amazing job of still acting like a kid. This 30-something-year-old, early 30s, still acting like a kid. So he's portraying this feeling that he never really matured like he should have because he was forced to mature so early. I don't want to dive deeper into this, even though we all know this movie is being made for that reason, so this is a conversation we have about why we have age rules with dating and marriage and sex. But I don't want to talk about that right now because it's giving me the ick. So this movie gets a 4 out of 11 just because I want to get done talking about it. I didn't even do my usual pause. My future friends, I realized I forgot to move a movie out of the wide releases section to the limited because just like the shift, I think it was mislabeled on that website I get my the movie listings from. So this one is called Teddy's Christmas, and I don't think it's nationwide. Christmas peace falls over the small town, but at the Christmas market, there's hectic activity. Marion discovers a teddy bear at the top shelf. Is he alive? Marion must get the teddy whatsoever, but Teddy wants to get a rich family. What did I read? I just straight up copied that from IMDb like I normally do. I, I don't know who wrote that. Whoever wrote that, good job. Your English is coming along very well. Was this written by AI? I, I don't get it. That's such a bad premise. Okay, so this kid that looks like he belongs in a remake of Children of the Corn sees this teddy bear at a Christmas market and he sees the teddy bear move and he's like, oh, wow, well, now I need this teddy bear. But when he gets back to the market, it's gone and he has to find the teddy bear. But also the teddy bear, who is alive, wants to find a family to give warm hugs to or something. This this looks terrible. It features the voice of anti-vaxxer Zachary Levi, so skip this even if it did look good. If it is a nationwide release, it gets a 2 out of 11, even if it didn't have Zachary Levi in it. It looks really bad. Okay, let's move on to something that looks a little better. This is called Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. This is getting a nationwide release. Beyoncé in performance at her record-breaking Renaissance World Tour and the creative mastermind behind it. This is a documentary featuring Beyoncé and Blue Ivy Carter, 
her daughter. So if you're a fan of Beyonce, easy, see this. Just like with Taylor Swift and her Eras movie, see it if you're a fan. If you're not, skip it. It's so simple. If your partner wants to see it, go with them. Suck it up and go with them. Unless they don't want you to go and they want to go with a group of friends, that's fine. But otherwise, just, just suck it up. This is actually a lot like Taylor Swift's movie. And I don't know who started working on theirs first, but at the very least, Taylor Swift got hers out first. Where both Beyonce and Taylor Swift said, F Hollywood and their production companies. They both made these movies on their own. Beyonce has her own production company, which produces her stuff. And that's what she did to release it. So good on her. But as a documentary and how good of a documentary it looks like, this gets a 7 out of 11. But for Beyonce fans, there's probably no number high enough. My friends, we have three movies left, so let's just get through it and talk about The Bike Riders. This is a nationwide release, and it follows the rise of a Midwestern motorcycle club through the lives of its members. This stars Jodie Comer from Killing Eve, Austin Butler from Elvis, Tom Hardy from Inception, Michael Shannon from Midnight Special, Mike Feist from West Side Story, Boyd Holbrook from Logan, Damon Harriman from Justified, Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead, and Paul Sparks from Boardwalk Empire. So you've seen this movie before. That doesn't mean it's a remake or a reboot or anything like that. You, you've seen it before. You've seen this kind of movie where we have this guy who joins this gang or this you know criminal group, and he meets someone, and this person wants him out of the life, but he can't just get out of that life because he's in too deep, and does he really want to? So this movie says that it's based on a true story, but when it's a story like this, I'm not sure if that matters, because even if it really happened, even if it's based on true events, it's still super familiar. So really, the only people this movie is made for are people who love movies about biker gangs or gangs, you know, crime drama people. Like the super fans of these actors in this, I mean, that is a good cast, don't even get me wrong. And if you are familiar with the story and want to see it. This movie doesn't look bad at all, but it just looks too familiar. There's so many scenes in it that I thought I saw before. Jodie Comer and Austin Butler talking about how he needs to get out of this gang. Austin Butler and Tom Hardy talking. Like Tom Hardy being the leader and basically saying, oh yeah, I know I could trust you. You're going to stay with us forever, right? So if you think this movie is your jam, it does look like it is going to be a quality film. It looks like it's well acted and all of the important stuff, however... To me, it looks boring, and for that, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 11. Two movies left, and I'll tell you which one isn't the pick of the week, and that's a movie called Candy Cane Lane coming to Amazon Prime. A man is determined to win the neighborhood's annual Christmas decorating contest. He makes a pact with an elf to help him win, and the elf casts a spell that brings the 12 days of Christmas to life, which brings unexpected chaos to town. This stars Eddie Murphy from Dreamgirls. Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish, Jillian Bell from Rough Night, Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec, Chris Redd from Saturday Night Live, Robin Thede from a Black Lady sketch show, and Ken Marino from Party Down. Speaking of movies feeling familiar, this one feels familiar as well, but not as familiar as the bike riders felt, because this one has hints of Deck the Halls and Christmas with the Cranks with the whole neighborhood doing the lights thing. And even though I can't bring anything to mind, this whole person making a Christmas wish, not wishing for, you know, 
the normal stuff you wish for in Christmas, something selfish, getting cursed, that feels familiar too, but I, I can't quite place my finger on it. Much like last week, or two weeks ago actually, when I said that Leo seems like a movie that would be fun for the whole family, but on your own, I kind of wonder if you want to put your t- time and effort into it. Candy Cane Lane gives me the same idea, even if it is a holiday movie, and I usually give those a benefit of the doubt, as I've already said tonight. Out of the cast I mentioned, Nick Offerman, Chris Redd, and Robin Thede voice these little figures, I guess, that are alive, and it's part of the plot, like, why are they talking? And maybe we'll get to see them as real people, which is why on the IMDb it doesn't say voice next to their names. But either way, if you watch this trailer and don't see them, that's why. Eddie Murphy is very reliable when it comes to family comedies. He's been doing it for a while, and we know what to expect. Jillian Bell is newer on the scene. She has been around for a while, but newer compared to him, but also reliable. This is a basic holiday movie with a good cast, so there's no reason to not enjoy it if you're in the mood for a new holiday movie. Why not give it a shot? However, I'm not super stoked on it, and... I might put my attention elsewhere and come revisit this one after I hear some rumblings about how good or not good it may be. Candy Cane Lane gets a 7 out of 11. And finally, my future friends, let's talk about the pick of the week, which I have actually already seen, and that is called Godzilla Minus One. This is a nationwide release. Post-war Japan is at its lowest point when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster, baptized in the horrific power of the atomic bomb. This is a movie from Japan! It's a new Godzilla movie from Japan, which is always a good thing. And like I said, my future friends, I've already seen it, so I'm going to say in this episode, I'm going to say what I planned to say. And then I'm going to do a full review like I normally do. First half spoiler-free, second half full of spoilers. If you want the condensed version, I did a TikTok about it, which you can always check out. But Godzilla Minus One just looked good. It looked like the Godzilla we know and love. Because I do like the Monarchverse movies, but these are Hollywood movies. And also Godzilla is a different character. Remember, originally Godzilla was a bad guy, and then eventually he started protecting us from all these other bad guys. But originally, bad. Just watch a trailer. It gave me the vibes of the classic movies I was used to growing up. And stay tuned for a full episode about this. So I went to a pre-screening event, which, no, I'm, I'm not a Hollywood insider yet. I didn't get invited. I had to pay for it. And what a pre-screening or a fan event is, is basically they get to charge you double to see the movie a day or two early. Am I smart? No. No, I'm not smart. But I did make the TikTok that very night and post it the next morning. So, hey, those 200-some people that watched the video, probably none of them finished it. But, you know. The podcast. This podcast started out really slow before it started to pick up some speed and then, you know, died again because of life and sh**. But I think my TikTok is never going to blow up. But I think I just need to find my footing. But yes, my friends, I will talk about Godzilla Minus One in a separate episode I'll release in a couple days. But for now, I'll tell you the score I planned on giving it, and that's a 10 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. Thank you for 300 episodes. Here's to 300 more. I 
I don't think I can last 300 more episodes, but at least a, a hundred more. You know, we'll see. We'll see where the show goes. As always, please remember to follow me on all the different social medias. You can find the link tree in my bio. Don't forget to support the friends of the show, the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. And please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.